like I'm going to take notes. I did take notes on the other podcast, but they were just insane scribbles. So there was no point. Like it was just, they were more detrimental. So like you had notes that you were referring to throughout the the podcast? Like Like you had, like, did you have research notes or did you write notes while it was happening? No. Welcome to the Chunky Peanut Butter Podcast. It's chunky. It's smooth. It's no longer just a spread you put on toast or bread. It's a podcast with your host, Heather, and your co-host, Ben. find it best diluted or not to do no research but with my heart and I and as my co-host I'm sure you feel like that's really good but I think here's the here's the idea though um that's also something you're really good at you are the kind of you like to do that and you're always looking things up yes and I'm I'm not good at doing split screen stuff so we're playing to our strengths, but also I'm I'm enticed by sort of, I do think that they will tell me what they want to talk about. I think it, I think it, in like a magic world, it opens You up like more. the idea of going in clean. You like yeah, the it, idea that if you, if you don't know anything, you can't be biased for or against anything. Yeah, I mean, I I might not ask them like the burning questions, but I'm also we would ask them things that they've never been asked before because maybe they'll like start talking about their pet bird, and then all of a sudden everyone will know that they love birds or something, or like or they'll learn something from experiencing things with people. So that's interesting that you would be looking to ask them questions that they've never been asked before. I'm trying to do a similar thing just by researching and then thinking about it thoughtfully and then researching a little bit more on that thoughtful thought and then coming out with something that maybe, so we're trying to get to the same place. We're just taking kind of a different approach. One is like a, I don't want to high road you, but like a money ball like look at the stats kind of situation. And the other one is like, uh, don't think about it. Just grip it. Let's go. Yeah. Just swing that shit. I think that works. Just hit that. I think both have a lot of merit. And I think they, they, you know, both work for people. And and that's the secret. You're one of those people. Well, it's like, I mean, it's kind of like, Chunky peanut butter. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh! It is. I mean, well, that's the, the most thing. The, natural. The most natural. I thought that was just a smooth intro. The, oh, almost <laughs> like chunky peanut butter. We'll just, just keep. Like, we'll just keep circling just like back. Chunky peanut story. butter. Sort it's of like, like. I mean, it is like anything, even if it if doesn't apply. Just, but if you had to call it a type of a spread it would be a chunky peanut butter well that's yeah do you want like do you want to be talking to the crazy aunt 
at, at the reunion, like or the crazy aunt at the estate sale who's in the corner being like, darling, I'll tell you a story. That's the me version right. or the like the like the Brad Pitt in Moneyball. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> the like more prepared, like. I'm 100% Brad Pitt in a film. I'm 100% Brad Pitt in a film. You're just quiet. I'm 100% so Brad Pitt in a film. I'm Brad Pitt in a film. Both. Whatever film. I don't care which one. Is there a, I, I'll take 12 Monkeys Brad no. Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I'll take no, seven Brad Pitt. crazy person I'll take, in Snatch. Is that dating myself? That's also... I would be him. Yes. Any yeah. Brad Pitt film. I'm trying to think of a Brad Pitt that I would not want. And the closest I can think of, if like... Physically, we'll be interviewing like, okay. the vampire because it'd be interview scary. Interviewing the vampire, yeah, but he had that weird. My eyes are lighter than they should be, ethereal mm. thing. Okay, let's. This is a good. This is a good conversation. Which which would be your hottest Brad Pitt performance? This total pop ah. culture hottest Brad Pitt performance, and then your least hot Brad Pitt performance. You know, I'm not a huge Brad Pitt fan. I actually would always lean to more towards George Clooney. But okay, which so is, like, but, but um, the Ocean's films, the o- yeah, you know, Ocean's think, Eleven, Ocean's I think Twelve. The the hottest Brad Pitt, I guess, would be the one of the Ocean's movies. I always like a good spy, a good yeah. uh, James Bond scoundrel. Uh, yep. And then the yep. the ugliest would have probably rogue. been. Uh, snatch maybe or um the one with seven the one with um even though he Where was a good detective? guy in that movie he's a good yeah, guy he detective? was just like a boring good guy detective like it was morgan freeman and kevin spacey really was and the... then brad pitt was just like in it well sure no, i mean I, I, that's <laughs> that's a real <laughs> dirt dirt slam on the yeah, protagonist of seven i have he's no not there. I know. Very, very, yeah, take him down Take that didn't show up at seven that mr pitt oh, he was he did a good job i, I just i'm not keen on gwyneth also. Uh, right yeah no i big big feelings of the, all this time i think when did seven come out in like 97 and know, like 25 years ago. later oh gwyneth, gwyneth still and brad me. Did it make sense? Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so least desirable Brad is seven Brad, and most desirable Brad is Ocean's Eleven Brad. Well, maybe interview with the vampire, though. Even though I just interview said he was scary, it is scary because I don't like Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise keeps coming around <laughs> in interview Tom with Cruise. the vampire. Yeah. But um, I mean, I guess, yeah. What are your answers? Because then I have another count a, a counter question. A counter question. Okay, <laughs> so hottest Brad has to be Fight Club. He's oh, the Brad right. of when I was a teenager, oh. and he's all dirty, and he's been fighting, and he's super shredded, and he lives in a basement. He does, he has his own rules, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that Brad for me, and then least. I would say whenever he's the old man baby in Benjamin Button, not a fan. Oh, yeah. oh, that's fair. I mean, I guess, yeah. Okay, I forgot about Benjamin Button. He is he is cute as a button in that. But now I have I have my counter 
question. Counter, ah, your counter I question. A, I read a pun, and you all shall be revealed. Who is your favorite? Oh, because of interview uh, with the vampire counter. The count, I have a counter question oh, for you. Who is your favorite vampire? Like when when you're like when somebody oh, says Heather. vampires, oh, who do you oh, wow. think of as vampires? But then who do you want to turn you? What what of all the vampires? Double hitter question. Wow. All the vampires, who would you be like? Yeah, okay, okay. And not even in romantic, way, just in like a yeah, okay, I'll join your vampire crew. Um, and okay. then who is a vampire for like maybe you'd see them for realsies as a vampire at your window? I love vampire movies. I Ooh. I love the genre. I've seen so many vampire movies. I will watch a movie that I have no interest in and beyond that there's a vampire in it, and I will watch that movie. So I this is a very challenging question. So who would be my favorite vampire? It's tough not to say Blade. Oh, but he's wow. a half vampire, half human. So that's kind of... I'm telling you, Heather, you did not realize the bee's nest of no, a question I, I that like you asked this. me. I like it, though. I know so much about it. So Blade is a great vampire. There is a really new movie called, I think, Day Shift or Night Shift, Day oh, Shift or Night yes, Shift. Yes, yes. And it has vampires Jamie in it. Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx is in it. Yes, yes, yes. He's the main dude in it. He, it's great. It's a great movie. Uh, that's uh, ooh, That has some great um, vampires in it. Came out the uh, Netflix, Netflix series, Night Watch. No, was that, did I make that up? Night Church, Night Mass, Midnight Mass. It's <laughs> like playing Mad Libs with myself. What was that movie on the show on Netflix? Everybody listening is like, "That's this, Heather." Um, the Midnight Mass. What? No. It was I'm a Netflix sure. show that came out. One, an amazing vampire recent series. Surely you saw this, Ben. I um, yes. What was it but called? What is it called? No, okay, good. So we can't remember. Every this is going to be the the put it in the comments moment of the podcast. Yeah, every for our listeners, comment so good. What is the vampire movie that Heather is referring to that I don't? It's a a limited series. I think it was Midnight Mass, but unfortunately, if people haven't seen it, then I've literally ruined it for them because you don't know it's a whole vampire thing. I'm just continuing to ruin it. It's too late. Oh my god! Like. Everybody's in Christmas. Nobody's going to watch it till next year. So it's like, yeah, it, it's a slow build. You don't really wow. know. It's very realistic. Now I very... can't watch it. I'm so sorry. I've ruined everything for you. <laughs> well, that oh, I might go back and watch it though. That does sound good. You could. Uh, you still. I will. I okay. I've I've picked a different. It. I've picked a different vampire as my favorite vampire, and it's because I love other movies that she's been in, but Parker Posey plays a vampire in Blade Trinity. And I don't know, something about the way the teeth fit and the whole vibe. I think that's my favorite one. I think she's my favorite. She's kind of a business vampire. She's kind of says catty things like, you know, sassy things to people. I like that. See, my favorite, my favorite is Leslie Nielsen. Oh, dead and Dracula, it. dead and loving it. Yes, yes, that was that's a fantastic, that's a fantastic it's, Dracula and a fantastic is. vampire, and what a spoof of Bram Stoker's, so amazing. What was the second question, Heather? 
uh, oh, I guess who would you roll with if you had to? But it's Blade. You obviously love you would Blade. Want Blade. You would want to get yeah, in obviously, Blade. Blade yeah. But that's cheating because he's you like to be a good guy. He's only you to be a vampire like, and a good would, guy. Who would I? Jeez, yeah, it is tricky. Um, or like David Bowie, Angel. I would hang out Angel? with Angel. Angel. Yeah, I mean, he had a good run. He 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 was. I mean, I liked Angel. Now I obviously can't think of any more vampires, but it, I mean it's fine because it, I like like it's it's Christmas I like the angel vampire season. as well as like the bad guy blade vampires like the the vampires in Blade as bad guys are I would be into that too. I think it's because they have an infrastructure. I'm looking to live a luxurious vampire life when I am living out my many many years. And I don't want there to be no infrastructure around to support me. I can't be out there in the wild woods just trying to murder people. I need there to be international cabals trying to figure out this whole eating people thing on a mass scale. Oh, so you'd be like respectable. I guess, yeah, I, I'm thinking, <laughs> it's interesting. You're thinking of being an organized vampire. And I always just think of, of like, if I were to be a vampire... I probably would personally be like Lestat. <laughs> I'd be a wonderful villain. I, I try to be a good human now in this life, but in an alternate universe, I would like, I would just be like, oh, I'm a vampire. I could just murder people. And if I get caught, I could just jump really high. But like, I would never murder per somebody as a human now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so well, like I don't condone anytime. violence, but in my, in the vampire world. You have to keep in mind what you're looking at there is a desperate person that when they ultimately decide to feed on humans, nothing else will suffice, right? Every time you see someone, when they spend time on that bridge between when they've passed, when they've woken up, and when they determine that this is their life, they there's oftentimes a... A mental fight that the recently turned vampire goes through of being unwilling to harm another person, but having that terrible hunger that oh my sits God. inside of them. They literally did an entire like two season story arch on the humanity in Vampire Diaries. If I had to hear one of them dang kids go, your humanity, you've lost your humanity one more time. I've never watched Vampire Diaries. That's another good one I got to check out. It's I got to check out Vampire Diaries. I, it, well, I'll disappoint you again. I had to watch an entire season or more before she, before she just became a vampire. I just wanted her to be a vampire the whole time i don't like tv series <laughs> i get limited series i don't have i'm a crotchety old woman yeah like tiktoks are too short for me but tv series are too much of a commitment you know what i've been getting into over the last few days which is pretty rad it's on netflix it's called uh the watcher <gasps> Oh, yes. I, for some reason, instantly was like, The Witcher is amazing. But no, The Watcher. Well, I'm not going to talk about that one because I did watch. I did watch The Watcher. I have I watched The one, Watcher. I have one episode left. So let's not. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah, yeah. not it's mess fine. anything up. We'll talk about that in the future then. Yes. Perhaps. And we should probably not talk about it too, too much at all because of all the twists and turns that happen throughout yeah. the whole season. I don't want 
I don't want to ruin anything else. This this one any... feels very very close. Like if we say, you know, say that Brad Pitt is Tyler Durden the whole time, like it's on you. If you haven't already seen Fight Club, and if you're a child and you just haven't seen Fight Club because of the timing of it, I apologize if you're listening to this now. That's, yeah. Like a 19-year-old that's like, wait, Fight Club? Wait, what does that mean? No, and no. just ruined. I think it's safe to say with all the references I make, just not understanding how old they are. And with you referring to 19-year-olds as children, which I was like, I'm like, yeah, that's an appropriate age. Maybe we might not have a lot of the younger audience, but I think the younger audience should listen to us. Be- not because we're grownups, but because we're still relatable. Not, not grownups. To uh, high school students. Well, I think there's a certain amount of, and maybe this is more of my own problem, but do you ever really grow up that much from, say, when you're 24 or so mentally? Like, no. you're going, your your brain's fully developed at that point, so it's just sort of different ways that you navigate things, and it's how you mature as a person, but do you really grow up any further at that point? Your brain doesn't develop any further. If anything, you only regress from that point. You don't grow. I think it just becomes a couple life markers. Like you, once you become like a person in society and you have to worry about all the base level like responsibilities, right. then I guess it's like, then it's like if you cohabitate with a mate of sorts. Then right. that's, that's these like a new level that of like indicate that you're yeah. able to participate in society beyond but more or like you're you're it does shift. Like I'm not saying people that live not with a mate are not as mature, but it's like a different more Whoa, maybe more responsibility. Canceled. You don't <laughs> have know, a mate, you're less mature. No, I, I write I your com- it's, This is the second write your comments in the comment section know, part your... of the podcast. Gosh, Tell Heather no. I'm single and it's okay. <laughs> no no it's yeah. uh, well and it's funny because i'm i'm in my mind growing up i'm associating it with more responsibilities because then it's like and like and usually societal responsibilities like if you're living by yourself what i actually yeah hold on this single people if what i meant was if you're living by yourself you can like do whatever you're not really responsible for anyone other than you or like mm-hmm. your little circle. But when you do ha- live with another person, there's extra responsibilities that come with that, like having to consider their feelings. <laughs> it's, Absolutely. And then, yeah. And then you have, I guess the next tier uh, or place would be like parenthood where you like make a little thing that you have to take care of. Cause that's a whole other level of like grown up responsibility air quotes um, and then I guess it's like multi-generations. So I guess it's like the more people you have to worry about and the more things you have to worry about uh, make you more grown up. I don't know if we just solved the problem of the world or just a different. But, but yeah, I guess maybe that's to me growing up. is It just won't work. It. But to your same point, those are just earmarkers. They're indicators. They're things that happen along the way. They're not necessarily an indication that you've grown in order to take these things on, just that you take these things on. Oh, yeah. If you're not doing the self-work, 
you can have, unfortunately, you can have a billion kids and still not necessarily be more mature. Elon Ooh. Musk. Yeah, I, I think uh, every but... episode we try, should try to attack Elon Musk. I just... just want his internet. I just want good internet. It doesn't have to be Starlink. It just, that's all there is right now in Canada. Is, is Starlink Elon Musk? I had, I did I not know. I thought it was. Is Starlink, hey Ryan, is Starlink Elon Musk? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody listening also, how many times, the third thing to comment is how many times you yell at the podcast and be like, Heather Ben, this is what you're talking about. (laughs) We're like the most Starlink is owned by SpaceX and SpaceX was founded in 2002 by Elon Musk. Oh my God. So I kind of like, half of me... I can just respect, I, I mean, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I don't want any people or any animals for sure. So I don't want, I don't know if he's hurting people by his choices. He is a little, but I I, I don't mind a good crazy person making some crazy. Yeah, I just, I don't know if I really want to back him. I'm not committing to backing Elon Musk, but in general, sometimes the the eccentric people, like I said, we need them to run off we need somebody to run off the cliff with the cardboard wings to figure out how to fly. So. And it, it reminds me of, I forget who said it, but if the guy that, you know, builds rockets and is building electric cars and has a tunnel under Los Angeles, that's just for his cars that he managed to figure out. Like if that guy isn't a weird guy, he doesn't do those things. Like you kind of have to take the creative, interesting ideas with a little bit of a, you're weird and I don't get you. Like that always has to be sort of muddled up. And you just hope that along the way, they aren't hurting people for real, for real. Yeah, like you have to hope that they're doing their best. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Leonardo da Vinci. And it's like that kind of concept of like, I'm not not to say they're similar, but the amount of like crazy things that this guy thought of that were seemingly all over the place and like all the ideas that they find, like they found in his notebooks and things. And yet like we know him as a painter, but here he is like designing airplanes during the Renaissance that are like, with a con- an understanding of aerodynamics. And so I would say 99% of what he did didn't work. It wasn't a good idea. And people would have thought it was crazy. And I mean, well, Benjamin, I mean, we do improv and comedy and how many times you have to bomb at a joke before you get it right. But if you never took the step, there's always a great lesson, I think, in these episodes for us. This <laughs> for this thing you're talking about, Heather, has been jumping up. I think this is in the zeitgeist right now. Mm. This idea that everyone has, if you haven't been successful, everyone has this idea that in order to be successful is some magical thing that you do because you are successful. And it feels like a lot of successful people are now coming back and saying, Wait, I didn't just start successful. I I had a hundred fails before this. That all sort of 
like my my one win is sitting on a pile of fails that I've learned from and built up and I've finally gotten to a place where I'm ready to it happens in theater it happens in comedy it happens in so many things the music industry uh, you know you you work for 10 years and then you're an overnight success and I think that that's those failures you're talking about right there that you you got you have to fail you have to fail over and over and over and over again and you have to try I forget who was saying it, but you have to try and you have to suck. You're not going to be good right away. You're going to have to suck for a long time before you're good at it. And then maybe you'll be good at it. But there's going to be an awful lot of being bad at it before yeah. you get there. It just keep keeping at it and keeping at it and mm. trying. And I mean, I guess there's, there are very few things in this world that you can't teach yourself. And I suppose mm. that that's what it is, that the thing that you can't teach is like, how crazy are you? Like, what kind of a risk taker are you? And and what kind of, like, how far are you willing to push yourself out of your comfort, comfort zone? And that's really what stands, because if you try it something enough, you're bound to get something that will work. And then it also, I think, takes having a decent idea and challenging it. Like, I, I, I actually think, and if anybody's listening that knows me, I would love to find out. I think I get um an interest well, you know me ben i mm-hmm. i think i have a, come off a certain way perhaps from doing theater and acting when you would like really like do a great reading of the line but it just might not have hit properly or it just might have been better for a different situation or you know even in jokes and things but mm-hmm. i even if somebody gives me a good idea i like to chew on it and so I, th- I think um, it's easy to like be overly direct or come off as like argumentative or contrary, but I just, I enjoy um, testing ideas. I think of velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Like I enjoy testing the fences. The fence. yeah, yeah. Testing the fences to see like if there's a weakness in my idea or my plot or my thingy. Um, and it's not, to, it's like not to say don't put it out there because that would be counter to what we're talking about. I'm saying put it out there, put it out there. But every time you put it out there, look for the weaknesses. And then I think if you're actually looking for the weaknesses, knowing that you have to fix it and then do it again. And the process is how you're going to get the success. I think, of course it's easier said than done, but I think that can help people shift to, to seeing it, that, that it it's not going to be perfect. Like, Put something out there that's amazing and close to your heart and then throw it away and do it again. Um, And I'm not saying people or relationships. I'm just saying when it comes to creativity and that type of thing or ego, that sort of thing. Absolutely. I agree. You know, you look back at any piece of art that you've made 10 years down the road, you're going to look at it and see you might still really like it, but you'll see different ways <clears throat> to that same conclusion, different ways for you to get to where you want to go. Or And maybe in some cases, you wouldn't be interested in repeating those jokes. Like, I, I have jokes that I wrote. I don't think they even count as jokes. <laughs> no, yeah, some of them now, like humor's evolved so much. Things evolve. Everything evolves. And I mean, I guess it's a good lesson, too, for just like your mind and your opinions as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I I do like to always test my opinion 
like if if somebody wants to debate something I think about with me and they like find a hole in it, I want to know, like, I want to know if there's holes in my opinion, because I don't want to be walking around with opinions and thoughts that are all holy and like built on misinformation or something. So either they're going to help me solidify like, yeah, I do think this, like, you're not really convincing me. So I guess I really do believe this or, oh, good point. Like I should like, like maybe like learn more about my opinion or maybe I have a wrong fact and I'm just totally wrong. So like, I like to just sort of, yeah, it it happens sometimes, sometimes me, myself and others, you'll think something. And then all of a sudden somebody will tell you something. You're like, wow, I never saw it from your side before. (gasps) Yeah, that one's got to be doing that. Absolutely. No, I think that that's just be part of being considerate and, you know, going through life with your eyes open and actually engaging with things. I think that's just so important. And I think by that way, if you if you can go into situations knowing that that's how you're going into them, you can. I take great personal comfort in doing that. So that I know at the end of the day, I'm comfortable with how I was in life, yeah. I guess. I guess yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like you can you can be sure, well, like I'd hate to give false information or like like I'm not gonna say I'm sure about something if I'm not sure about it. Like I'd hate to to just be wrong or like find out you're on the wrong side. But I guess I feel like I wanna call it back then and get your side. We've been sort of on this ramble about being an adult and yada, yada. Mm -hmm. What does being an adult mean to you, though, in terms of like when you were talking about way, way back in the beginning, being more grown up, what where does your brain go when you're thinking of like being an adult? Because I guess mine was very burden related. Right. It. What would be my definition of being an adult? I is going to sound a little sappy, but I think it's based around having an understanding of your priorities. So you don't have to be very old to be very adult. I think there are people that are young that are extremely adult because they've figured out what their priorities are in life. They aren't still searching. They're not still trying out a couple things to figure out where they are to move forward. I I have people in my life that they're already in the field that they're going to be in. They knew that that was where they wanted to go in school. It is on uh, almost a track. And part of that is that I think they, they had really solid backing initially and they found the thing that was sort of their inspirato and were able to just drive towards it and i think you can be an adult and still be searching don't get me wrong but i think that getting an understanding of some of the things that are important to you is a sign that you've gotten an adult thought i guess i don't know I don't know. I I get it. That makes sense. Because it's still like you're not even saying like that you have a good stable job or from the society point of view, because you you were saying that you You have a sense of your priorities. Yes, you could have a great standard job and that not be your priority and it not mean that you're an adult. I think that, you know, yourself, maybe. 
yeah. or what matters and how to handle your business. And you feel happy or comfortable with how you're handling it right now. I think that's it. I wouldn't expect anyone to have it totally all figured out because, uh, yeah, I don't. No. And no, I, I don't think, know what that would be like. I think it's possible to have a lot of it figured out. Not like by our age and not like this, but I think the only way to do it is to like your whole existence and life has to like, I think revolve around figuring it out. If that makes sense. Like I, I feel that there are moments I've been fortunate enough through living alternatively that I can see glimpses of a calm. So, so you know, maybe that's not figuring it all out. Maybe that's just my definition, but I think it takes like, maybe humanity is working towards it but definitely trying to have to be a, an an a, an adult figuring it out while following like capitalist society rules and like trying to be in society and like have all these weird pressures coming at you to like change your priorities cuz you're you're I think I totally agree being I get what you're saying like being an adult based on your priorities but what if your priorities are seeing the world and spreading love? A lot of people would be like, that's super immature. And then my take is all about negative responsibility. So it's like society seems to play a part in both our views of, an, would, of adulthood. And very agree. little comes from like inner, because some kids can be so wise. And then but we I ruin think that them. That's, that's still inner. I think that there's, although it's a nurtured, quality you know and i it's also tough too we can go down that rabbit hole of it it also depends on how that ultimately is motivated for that adult does it come from a place of love or does it come from a place of fear or uh, anger or sadness if that's the case you could have someone that looks and acts and manifests as a total functioning loving adult but inside they're they're twisted up this i hope that this has comforted people as, as you say inside they're twisted up find comfort in be. ben's words <laughs> right. uh well just because it's like you know what i don't think there are grown-ups i think grown-ups are a made-up concept by older people that had to <laughs> that had <laughs> the, by the mythical grown-ups <laughs> themselves um that, that, those... that had things had reasons that they had to like shape up and like get with it and like there were wars there were were depressions there was the 60s and 70s and 80 you know then there wasn't as much and but like I don't think being a grown up is a thing. I think it's a it's a mindset, and it and now in this like time of self growth, maybe some of these new kids are going to be grown ups. Like don't don't let this go to your head. Any children listening? Any Gen Gen Xers or Zers or Yzs? Who I don't even know. We're gonna find <laughs> um, out that we have a super old audience. Like we, we'll, I think we do. We're, the we're, demographic we're pitching, says it's old. So everybody tell. Everybody tell one young adult that we'll reference Goosebumps. <laughs> Goosebumps is the us. Babysitter's Club. Goosebumps doesn't no, that's older than us. That's oh. we that was in the library already when we were in school. Okay, but we have the to come Hardy up with, Boys uh, came no, back. No. We're Stop ahead. Referencing we're ahead. Nancy older Drew. 
Like we're ahead. Uh, we're Dora, so backward. Dora. We're so Dora the Explorer. And she's gotta be like 25 now. She probably, yeah. Yeah, no, we are so cool. So cool. We are ahead. And by the time this podcast gets popular, we will be talking about trending because the 90s are trending, right? Who knows the 90s better than us? That's true. This is the, yes. Yeah. See? I think I'm looking forward to a lot of, I guess, 30-year anniversary events. Wow. Is it is that hitting? Um... 30. It's been 30 years since 92. So. Backstreet's back. The Not oldies, no. the oldies, the streets. I we, I know we talked about it, but I my plan is just I'm oh. going to continue to dress grunge style, and it'll just be ooh that's great and ooh that's bad throughout. You you have a timeless style, and I I, I think you do too. Welcome. We're, we're Thank timeless. you. I try to dress comfy, but also trendy, but I also thrift. So it's like I'm getting old clothes anyway. I just wish I hadn't thrown out my 90s clothes, but they were so ugly. I didn't want them to come back. Mm. Not really. Not all of it. Not a lot of it. Modrobes. Where, where are they? Modrobes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I'm, don't think I can go to the Jenko jeans when they come back. Like I can't. I can't have a massive flare. A huge that. leg. So you have no feet. Yeah, and that chewed up back part of your jeans where you're you've been stepping on oh, it and it gets all no. wet and crushed and ripped up. Oh, if the '90s spikes come back for boys' hair, sorry, that's oh. I'm dipping. No, no shade, but there I will. That Can't would, do it. '90s spikes. Now, what do you mean, like the spike the, like the, front? the um the or the faux hawk. look or the the uh. The one that was like little square, like the pinhead. Oh, the like classic. the little twist. Yeah, the twist, 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 twist. Oh, no. yeah. I don't, I think, I think that's a hairstyle that would no longer be okay. I, I think, no, I don't know we, why, but I think that's that we that thought that about mullets, canceled. though, right? Mullets are fine. No, that is, that is okay. Mullets, mullets are, are okay. Anyway, allowed. now that we've alienated our whole audience by insulting yeah. how they wore their hair. 25 years ago yeah we should we should wrap up this episode and um so thank you everyone for listening as always we do really appreciate you absolutely and ben thank you for joining me and we'll see them next sunday yes we'll see you next sunday 